Matthew chapter 8. We're going to go back to Matthew's again. Matthew chapter 8, starting in verse 1. But last time we talked about the book of Matthew, we were discussing chapter 7. In this chapter, we said, there are three places we are seen of men. The world, our family, and in the church. We have been taught the Beatitudes. How to be meek, and how to pray, how to fast, and how to treat everyone. We learn we are the salt and the light of the world. How to forgive that you may be forgiven, and how not to swear. And we were taught to judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. Righteous judgment are based on facts, not opinions. Opinionated judgments is unrighteous. The judgment of God is not a form of opinion. And his judgment is righteous. Prayer is the key that opens God's heart and hand. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. We also will know the righteous and the unrighteous by the fruit they bear. With that, we are about to see Jesus practicing what he was preaching. For us, we would call it being tried by what we believe. So let's look at verse 1. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. These were people who were deeply impressed with the doctrine he taught, and they continued to follow him. Verse 2 and 3, it says, And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. Mm -hmm. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. First, we must understand there was no long prayer, no formula or set way to pray. He simply said, I will be thou clean. By Jesus touching the leper, it showed himself to be above the law as God and subject to the law as man. By law, the leper was forbidden to be touched. Mm -hmm. This leper may have been on his way to the camp where all lepers are to stay. They were not allowed to dwell among the people. But it was a received rule among the Jews that a prophet might vary from the fine points of the law or change a ritual law. Verse 4 says, And Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priests, and offer the gift that Moses commanded for testimony unto thee. Tell no man. If Jesus had made known himself as the Messiah, the people would have, a, would have proclaimed him king, which they were waiting on. A lot still had to be said and done before. Show thyself to the priest. 
In this case, do what the law requires. Jesus did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Since Jesus was still here, the law was not fulfilled yet. Offer the gift. Under the law, his gift was to give two living clean birds, some cedar wood with scarlet and hyssop, which were to be brought for his cleansing. All this was to be done for a testimony to them to prove that this leper who was well known in the land had been thoroughly cleansed. And in a private way, it gave full proof to the priesthood that Jesus was the true Messiah. Verse five. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another, come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. This centurion was considered a heathen, a Roman soldier, when what we don't see about this soldier is he showed compassion for his servant. This centurion believed Jesus with his high authority could speak the word of healing where he was without going to his servant. He refers to his own position, how he would speak a word to the soldiers who were under him and they obeyed. But Jesus, who is not under the same authority as he is, could speak a word and the disease would obey him. Verse 10 says, when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed. Verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And this man was not a Jew or follower. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self same hour. Again, Jesus said, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. When we come and request prayer, if it is for us or someone else, do we go our way believing? Selah. Verse 14. And when Jesus was come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered unto them. Jesus did not say anything. 
He just touched her hand. Again, there was no long prayer, no formula or set way. He just touched her hand. But in this case, not only did the fever leave immediately, but she got up and ministered to them. Before we go to the next verse, take note. Jesus was not looking for people to heal. People were searching for Jesus to be healed. And when the evening was come, they bought, brought unto him many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word and he healed all that were sick. Whatever the problem, anything that was not normal in life, they brought to Jesus. They did not wait for Jesus to go to the church. Whatever he was, wherever he was, that is where they went. Whatever route he took, that is where they were. The word was getting out. And what Jesus was doing was being seen. Verse 17 says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah, the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. Now, when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. Remember, they followed him from the mountain and the number followed following just added. Jesus didn't stay in one place. There were many others that needed healing. And a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. A scribe is a journalist or writer of the manuscripts, a man who is not illuminated by the Spirit of God, but thinks he is capable of anything. True disciples of Christ must prepare themselves for all kinds of things. It is possible this scribe saw the miracles of Jesus and formed an expectation that by following him, he would obtain some worldly advantage. He was not there to be a disciple because of what someone because of what some people see today many express explanations of becoming a christian without considering what it will cost or what it means to be a christian or what they must abandon for his sake verse 20 and jesus said unto him the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests but the son of man have not where to lay his head. What Jesus was saying, was trying to explain to him was, whoever follows me will not have a home of, or, or the comforts of home. Followers must expect lack in something or hardship and be prepared to bear them. And another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. This was not one of the twelve. But Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Burying the, my father. There are two views and uh, a, a few things to consider. One, his father was already dead and he wished only to attend the funeral and properly observe the last rites. Or his father could have been old and near death. And he asked to remain at home until his father's death and then follow Christ. 
It was a rule of conduct among the Jews that if a man had any duty to perform to the dead, he was for that time free from the observance of any other precept or duty. To bury on the day of death, it is not very likely that this was disciples would have been there at all. See, if, if he was already dead and it had to be buried, the disciple wouldn't have been there. If his father had just breathed his last breath, the Lord would not have hindered him to do the last duties of a son to a father. Under the Jewish law, you bury the dead immediately. Jesus saw he was merely offering an excuse or delay. It is, if his father was not actually dead, besides, with the miracles, Christ could raise him if he asked. Verse 23, and when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. What I want you to know is they were not in a rowboat. A boat is usually a small open craft. A ship is a large vessel built for deep water navigation. Mark says he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. You can't do that in a rowboat. And he said unto them, why are you so, why are you fearful, O ye little of faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. Mm -hmm. Psalms 107.29 said, He maketh the storm a calm so that the waves therefore are still. What I especially like is how he said it in Mark 4. Re he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Be still. The sea can only move when it is disturbed by the wind. So after Jesus rebuked the wind, he told the sea to be still. For us, after the winds and storms of our life toss us around, after Jesus has rebuked them and they no longer exist, we need to be at peace and be still. Psalm, verse 27. But the men marveled, saying, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he was come to the other side and to the country of Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God. Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? What we see here is the evil spirits knew and believed who Jesus was. Mm -hmm. And they knew their time was limited. And they knew what he came to do. But the Jews and the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't. Verse 30 says, And there was a good way off. From them a herd of many swine feeding. 
I believe one passage said there were about 2,000 swine. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, one word, go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. Even pigs don't want to be possessed by evil spirits. The spirits went, the spirits went in them and they all killed themselves. Everyone has their own beliefs about pigs. Based on what is said here, this may be where some of the rumors came about pork. But these spirits had to find some place to live. Evil spirits prefer humans to inhabit. Just a side note, if a spirit can enter a pig who may refuse, he can enter a chicken, which we eat, turkey, cows, they can enter dogs, cats, but again, evil spirits prefer humans. And as far as what we eat, the scripture tells us in 1 Timothy 4, 4 and 5, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. Now, back to verse 33. And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything and what was befallen to the, the possessed of the devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coast. You see, the people of the city came with a view of arresting him for the injury done to their property. But seeing him and being awed by his presence, they only besought him to leave them. These men preferred their property to the Savior and their, excuse me, these men preferred their property to the Savior and their salvation. They loved it so much that they were blinded to the evidence of the miracles and to the good that Jesus had done to the miserable men that had been healed. My time is up and I thank you for yours.